We have a very, very special podcast today because we have actually partnered with Laura Cruz, who is the Dream Transition Mentor. So we have a really great conversation for you today where myself and Laura are going to talk about all of the different aspects of owning and running your own organization, but also some of the different aspects of what it's like to support each other and what's really helped us to become successful throughout our roles. Without further ado, grab a cuppa, kick back and have a little listen. We should just crack on, I guess. We should. <laughs> this is weird. We're doing a um, a dual episode with me, Laura Cruz, and me, Zoe Holland. <laughs> <laughs> We've never done this before where we we're no. actually in the same room recording and trying to get the laptop to pick up both of our voices. Oh, yeah. This is a second laptop as well. So clearly I'm very loud because it, it <laughs> likes my voice. Yeah, and I'm quite timid because it wasn't picking mine up at all, which is not how I think any of my clients would describe me. Definitely no. not. <laughs> no, so weird. So the what's interesting about this is we are going to put this out both on the Your Dream One Mind podcast and also on the Zing Learning podcast. Yeah, yeah. So this is the, I, for me, definitely, this is the first time I've done a dual podcast. Um, but you and I have known each other for, I want to say two, is it almost two years? Almost two years. That's mad. <laughs> that is so mad. So we got introduced by uh, a good friend of ours, Jim Ferron, who big shout out to him because he's incredible. Um, and he just said, you two are going to get on like a house on fire. You've both set up your businesses at a similar time, e.g. during COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who does that? <laughs> Us, apparently. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and he was right. He was right. Cause we've, it's such a weird situation for us. So we just started getting on really, really well virtually, obviously, cause COVID. Yeah. And then we met up probably after about a year, maybe, or whenever it was definitely hot where we met up. I think it was about this time last year. We met up in Vista, didn't we? We met, we drove and met and had lunch. Yeah. Which was really nice. It was the first time we'd actually seen each other face to face. My husband yeah. was like, where are you going again to meet some birds that you've met online? And, uh... <laughs> oh yeah, I, people, I think people thought we were a bit mad, but, and I was saying, who was I saying this to the other day? I can't remember, but I was saying that every time I felt like giving up in that first year, I'd call you. Like you were the person that I'd be like, oh, I'm finding this really difficult. Like I'm not making any money. Everything's really hard. And you would talk me around and remind me of why I was doing this. And uh, I was explaining to them, oh, that's it. I was explaining to them why we were coming away okay. and who you were and how I knew yeah, yeah. you and things like that. Because people just find it really odd that up until that time, we'd never met. And actually, this is what, the third time? Third, yeah. And we're in an Airbnb overnight. Yeah, random. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so we met through um, our mutual friend, Jim, and I remember when we had our first call, he basically said that you were going to go out on your own and he felt that we would get on really well. And I remember I just got married. So it was two days after I got married that we did our first call. And it was literally just as I was, I had that weird thing where I went out on my own, but I was kind of furloughed and it was the pandemic and it was really strange and bizarre. So I consider that I didn't really go out till the August. So I kind of feel like we're really on a par in terms of our kind of duration of the business, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we were really kind of in tune with starting out. So we started just having chats, didn't we, Mm. about 
I don't know, stuff and business. And, and I, you know, I was cheering you up when you were a bit fed up and vice versa. And then you did my program with me. Yes. Oh Follow your dreams with Laura Cruz coaching. Um, big shout out to Follow Your Dreams with Laura Cruz coaching. Because <laughs> that was brilliant. That helped me so much. And actually, you're my coach as well now. So you're my mm. professional coach. Yeah. Um, and we've also agreed to be each other's accountability buddies with yeah. our business strategies and, and stuff like that. So it's just evolved so much. But I do, I, do you know, I don't know if you remember right at the start when we were having those first discussions, the sort of things that we were talking about were stuff we had no clue about. And now mm. it's stuff we know so just because it's all trial and error and things like that. And I think by this point, I'd just about I was getting rid of my first business advisor because they were useless and then I managed to get another one that was amazing and it was through this amazing free uh, enterprise thing for London I just remember just having no clue about anything at all like not not a clue and I was saying to somebody the other day if I'd have known half of what I know now I wouldn't have set the business up really yeah because because I didn't know that yeah it was so much bigger then I realised, like, I've just learned so much. If I'd have really thought about it, if I'd have really gone really methodical and had a strategy before I set the business up and this, that and the other. You mean if you'd had, a, like, a method to follow, like <laughs> I've got? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I'd have had someone to help me. But I think because I kind of just was so fed up with working full-time and just not feeling like I was making a difference at all. And then I was just like, what, what am I doing? And also the freedom thing was a massive part. Oh. You mean the four Fs, Zoe? <laughs> Freedom, flow, fulfillment, and fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. Correct. <laughs> this is how we talk to each other, by the way, all the time. Um, yeah, no, I did. And I think I talked to you about this when we first met. And especially when you were trying to help me find my purpose and all of those sorts of things. And especially more recently in the coaching, where I'm trying to understand where my vision is for yes. the business. And ultimately, that freedom thing comes up so many times. So it is, for me, it was really important. Um, But if I'd have known, yeah, if I'd have known it was going to take me as long as it did to make some money, if I'd have known that I would have to deal with rejection a lot more than I realised, I might not have done it. I don't regret it, but I think you kind of, you need to be a little bit prepared to do this, but you also need to feel it out. There's so many people out there saying, oh, this is going to happen with your business and this and this. And ultimately, it's just going to be whatever direction you go in. It's a very personalised thing. See, I think that's so interesting because from the outside, um, we'll explain why we're together in a minute, but from the outside, when we're talking through like your numbers and your success, Mm. I think you have been successful really quickly. And remember that most businesses don't turn a profit for three years. Mm. They just don't. Mm. I know we're talking mainly bricks and mortar businesses and obviously our businesses don't have those expenses associated with bricks and mortar, but most businesses don't turn a profit for three years and you're... I think your growth has been fantastic. Yeah, well, we've just been looking at the numbers, haven't we? Yeah. It's 140% year on year, which I just, yeah, yeah. only when I which really... Which is incredible. It was incredible. And, you know, you're so right, but you know me, and anyone that does know me will know I'm exceptionally impatient. So for me, taking six months to make any real money was extremely long for me. Well, Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, bloody good job you did make some money. Otherwise, would you have given up? No, no, I wouldn't have given up. No, I think it's really interesting because I was talking to somebody the other day, I can't remember who it was, and I was saying that I have never once 
never once regretted Mm -mm. setting up on my own, leaving corporate to, you know, work for myself, freelance, entrepreneur, solopreneur, whatever the word is you want to say, work, just work for myself. I don't, I don't really like those kind of preneur titles. So just work for myself. I know. Don't get get me started on mompreneur. So, Oh, yeah, I've never once regretted stepping out and going going on my own. But what's really mm. interesting, to give you a bit of context about Zoe and me, and we're going to put this out on both of our podcasts, we need to explain. I work with individual clients. I do corporate work. And you might say, oh, Laura, I thought you just said that you wanted to leave corporate. Well, I actually like doing corporate because I like doing the facilitation. I like doing leadership development. I like doing kind of exec coaching, but I like doing it on my terms when I choose with the clients that I choose, you know, the corporate clients, Mm. I don't want to work full time for somebody and have some of the things that you associate with that, which is the politics, the, the hours, the deadlines, the, you know, being tied to that, you know, like we're away now it's Monday, we're recording this and we're, we're on an away overnighter in Margate, all places. As you do. As you do. So, that's what I do, but I mainly work with individuals rather than business because that's where my passion lies. My absolute passion is helping women to realise that they can achieve the things they want to achieve. Mm. They can pursue their dream. I firmly believe that in order to get the four Fs in your life, freedom, flow, fulfilment and fun, you have to work for yourself because then nobody's telling you what to do. You decide. You choose your freedom. You decide what that looks like. That's really, really important to me. But Zoe does something really different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but there's some close connections, yeah. right? And this is that idea of that fulfillment is really important and doing something really meaningful. Yeah. I think not just for myself, but I've been really lucky because I worked in in HR and learning and development for years and years in lots of different industries. Um, and I got to watch people develop and I really enjoyed that. Mm. And I was I was talking to somebody about this recently saying that I felt like that was really meaningful work for me. But then when I realized that actually I wanted to step more into the diversity, equity and inclusion space, which is basically just how can we make sure that our careers and our study and all of the opportunities in in the workspace are equitable and fair for every single person, regardless of their background. Then all of a sudden I was like, well, yeah, okay, that stuff was meaningful before that leadership development stuff and everything. And it is, but for me, this is so much more meaningful. And I just, even when I'm, exacerbated at the end of the day you know and and zing we facilitate we coach we develop content we project manage and we do di audits and consultancy all of the wonderful things that you would expect to help kind of small to medium businesses and and startups and scale-ups to know how to be more inclusive and to educate and raise awareness and start some really great conversations to create that space and, and create the space for diversity as well. That's really, really mm. important. Um, so that's something that just really excites me. So even when I'm having a really hard day or I've had a really tough conversation inside or outside of work, and this is the thing probably with yours as well, you never take any time off because I can be out in a pub with some friends and I'll meet someone's uh, someone else's friend and they'll be like, oh, what do you do? And I'll tell them they're really interested. So we always yeah, get yeah. into that conversation. It's great because I love it, but you never switch off. But it's different, right? Because when you work for somebody else, you do want to switch off. Yeah. When it's yours and you enjoy it, you don't mind it? Well, yeah, because this it doesn't is, feel like work. But also you, you and I have this real passion to help people. Yeah, yeah. We've got this real drive to want to create 
for you it's for the women and for the confidence and for them to really start to reach their potential and even discover that their potential maybe is wider than they thought for me yes. it's about that how can I create enough curiosity in the minds of the managing directors and the senior leadership teams and the managers etc for them to go oh I need to look out for all of these yeah. different biases or different ways in which I might be preventing representation from happening and inclusivity and yada 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 so that really drives me but what's interesting about that when we've both been talking is when we both started out we were quite vague in what we were doing we weren't really niche down and clear mm. about what we wanted to do and like you say you you came to that that's an area that you were interested in anyway but mm. that's the area that you ultimately decided to really focus on with zing and for me you know, I was like, yeah, a bit of confidence, a bit of this and the other. But ultimately, it is about helping women to go, yes, I can leave paid employment and the stability. And I'm doing air quotes because I don't think the stability is quite what we, well, quite, no. what, quite what it might have been before the pandemic. But mm. helping women to go, yes, I can do that. I've got it in me. I've got the, you know, the self-belief, the self-confidence, the self-assurance, the drive, the determination. Mm. I know why I want to do it. I know what I want to get from it. I'm ready to push myself forward, but I need somebody to talk it through with. I need somebody to guide me, coach and mentor me so that I'm ready to go for it. Yeah. It's interesting with the work that you do as well, because you've got, and I know that we use imposter syndrome a lot. Like I know it gets banded about quite a lot, but literally it is there a lot more for women than it is for men. And obviously for non-binary people as well. But there's also the intersectionality piece around that. But the the thing is you, these women have got to be at a certain point where they feel like actually maybe I can do this. So it's almost like they need to up their confidence level even at 1% before they can even think, well, who do I go to yeah. to help me go even further? So I think that there's, and I, I, again, I was talking on a podcast about this recently, about the idea of women lifting women and yeah. creating space for women to get bigger and better in their careers or find more purpose in their lives in lots of different ways. And I think more women that are doing this the more likely you're going to be able to help them on that next part because if we can mm. slowly bring them up and, and let them realize you know what you can you might be able to do this you might be able to go way bigger than you're thinking or it might yeah. not even be that big but you want to make a shift in your life in some way you need someone I think you need that support network and you need somebody who knows how to tap into that to be yeah. able to do that and I class myself as a very confident person I class myself I haven't had imposter syndrome for a long time I just knocked that out of myself over the years um I guess from coaching and, and various different things that I had access to fortunately but I still massively benefited from the two different areas that you've helped to move so that program that we did last January I think. yeah yeah 2021 2021 yeah. wow yeah in in lockdown one of the lockdowns um and now with the business coaching yeah because it's not necessarily my confidence in myself it's when I put myself out there for the business yes and it's and that's where and I'm not going to say imposter syndrome because I, I I don't want to attach that to myself anymore I'm trying to move away from that but there is a level of confidence when you're putting yourself out there and you're charging clients yes. for a service compared to when you're an employee and you were delivering that service as an employee. Yeah. So it's, it's a completely different mindset. And I think what your coaching is helping me with at the moment is to shift my mindset on that and to think much bigger and have much more of a vision. 
because I've been doing some really good things with the business and we've got some really great ways we're moving forward, but I never really understood how could I make it bigger? How can I really reach an, as many people as possible so we can make as big an impact as possible? And you've really helped me to go, oh, let's take, remove some of these blinders a little bit that you put on your eyes because you're yeah. told to just kind of go down this route. Yeah. And it just makes such a difference, and not just in the strategy aspect. And obviously that's what we're here to do today on our little away day in Margate. But it's that concept of being able to talk more articulately with potential clients and customers and things like that, but also really deliver an even better service yeah because I'm, I have very good clarity on what it is the value that I offer clients um the purpose of what we're trying to do with the work and actually what they can then give back to society through the work that we're doing with them yeah so that just really excites me like that is the sort of stuff that makes me think it's meaningful what we're doing yeah yes. great we've got a business that's wonderful but actually ultimately we're making a difference in people's lives and that is just the most impressive thing in the world to me anyway certainly feels that way no for sure so somebody um I worked with last year she said to me and I need to, um, I've got a little soundbite of it I need to put that out around she said that I changed her life mm-hmm. because I gave her the you know by the the she came to a, a workshop that I did and by what I said to her she realized that she should stop waiting and just do the thing that she wanted to do and free herself from and it was to leave corporate and to go into the business, her business with her partner, you know, she was running herself ragged, working full time and then doing that at weekends and just being totally exhausted. And she just needed the push to go. You can do it. Mm-hmm. It's OK. You can leave. And that's what she did. Obviously, I didn't tell her what to do. That's what she wanted to do. Yeah. But she just needed somebody outside of like family, partner, friends just to say, do you know what? You could do that. Mm. Why aren't you doing that? Mm. Um. And she's just like loving life yeah. ever since because now she has the freedom that she always wanted that she couldn't get before. I was just going to say, when we were talking about like the ways that I've helped you um, in those two ways that you just said, like for me, the biggest barrier that women and men, I mean, I I principally work with women. That isn't to say I don't work with men, but my focus is women. Mm is that because we don't quite know how to get there or we think it's one jump from employed to self-employed. It's salary to free for no salary. It's, you know, having paid holiday and maybe a company car to nothing because they can't work out how to do that. They don't do it. Mm. They haven't got the vision to see that they could, that they could transition into that. That's why I describe myself, define myself as the dream transition mentor because you're not going from right, today I'm doing this and tomorrow I'm going to do something totally different, but I've done nothing to prepare myself for that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. You've got to, you incrementally grow, learn, develop, reflect, change, grow in confidence. Even if you were confident before, it's a different confidence when you're suddenly putting yourself out in business, right? So you mm. have to be quite different. And uh, I was saying to you, some of the stuff that I've brought for this strategy day we're doing today, I'm looking back and it was from what I wanted 2020 to look like, obviously not knowing the pandemic was coming. Mm. I don't think I'd even heard the word pandemic. But anyway, <laughs> um, really interesting. So a lot of the things that I wrote down that I wanted to do, I've done. Um, a lot of the things, well, you'll be pleased to know because it's 2022, so you'll be pleased to know that I did those. But some of the things I wrote down about wanting to feel more kind of 
um, at the centre of my business, more confident, more, you know, more strategic, etc. I've done that. Mm. So when I look back at that, I think, wow, I wasn't, I was really unsure. Now I'm sure. Yeah. So now I get to the different, now I get to another level. I just keep moving up, new level, new level, new devil, right? So you just keep progressing mm. and learning as you go. Yeah. Do you, know, I, do you know what I'm just thinking of? I'm thinking, because back in 2020, obviously, was when I started my business as well. And I think I've said this to you before, but I remember on the 1st of September, which is when I officially stopped working for my last company and officially started working for my new one, I opened my computer, got my, stretched my arms out, put my fingers on the keyboard and just went, what the hell do I do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what do I do? Like I've got to build a business from nothing. Um, and I think actually if I'd have had your, like, cause we'd kind of chatted, but it wasn't, we were still in the midst of trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. Yeah, yeah. If I'd have had your transition work, I think it would have made it so much smoother. I probably wouldn't have had so many mini breakdowns in that first year. Like all of that stress and fear of not making any money and that stress of not knowing if what I was doing was the right thing. You know, there's so much trial and error, isn't there, in the first couple Absolutely. of years. But that idea that you look back <laughs> and you think about how far you've come from 2020 in 2021, in 2022 is huge and the fact we've just been looking at uh so this is the middle of the day we're recording this we've mm. already done a few hours this morning we've got a few more hours this afternoon but we've already come <clears throat> quite far in, yeah. in our thinking and we've actually started to understand what we're trying to push forward and I think it's just been it's been really nice to have that time to reflect and see how far we've come yes but I know I said that you have supported me with those two different things. But actually, the other thing we know is that day-to-day stuff and the fact that we just get it. So there's a yes. lot of people in our lives that are in full-time employment and they're very happy doing that, but they don't understand what it means to set up your own business. So they yeah. don't understand when you can't go to something because you're working at a time they're not working at or that you were flush the month before but the next month you need to be a little bit more kind of uh, reserved with your cash and all of that sort of stuff they also don't seem to understand so if you say you've landed a big contract they're like whoa that's amazing they think that that's that just kind of happens I'm like well no no now the real work starts because like, yeah, I actually yeah. do all of that work for that contract but it's just been really interesting to have somebody that just gets it and we're very lucky, like both of our partners, just they're very supportive. Yes. They've always been uh, our biggest cheerleaders and stuff like that, which is great. Um, I'm, I'm also really lucky because my partner also had their own business a few years ago. So they really do understand all the nuances of all the stresses and things like that. <coughs> but excuse the cough. <laughs> but there is something really special. Maybe it's the, the woman thing. Maybe it's the woman support thing because we get all of that other stuff as well that perhaps our partners don't necessarily get and the the lack of confidence that we might feel from time to time because we've had a bit of a knock or we've struggled uh with being able to position ourselves and we get that kind of that envy and we maybe see someone that's doing what we're doing and we think they're doing it on such a much bigger scale but one of the biggest lessons I've had is just stop comparing yourself to other people yes understand your competitors that's really important but if you know that what you're offering is big value and you know that it's making a difference just focus on making that even better even better value for people and really making sure the right people are seeing it 
And a big part of that is having that support network. That's been huge. Yeah. Huge. And I think we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we? Just about saying that, you know, even, you know, when you have your own business, you obviously don't operate in, you know, you, when you work for somebody else, there's different departments deal with everything, right? There's HR, there's finance, there's sales, marketing, whatever. There's all these different people. When you work for yourself, it is just you. Mm. You have to be all things to all people at the beginning, certainly before you've, you know, when you get get some money behind you, then you can start paying people to help you. But you've got to be all things to all people. And then you, there are associated, there are things that you need and associated costs because you presenting yourself as a credible business. Mm. And it's hard for people who don't run their own business to kind of understand what you're doing. I don't know whether it sometimes feels a bit like showy Mm. when you're doing stuff, but it's like, hey, this is my business. So I've got a podcast. I'm writing a book. I'm having professional photo shoots. I'm, um, you know, getting PR. I'm doing all these things. This is this is me. Mm. This is me. This is who I am. And it's sometimes hard to find the people that understand that. Do you know what? And I know I've, I've banged on a little bit about the female thing, but I do wonder whether there is some sort of unconscious mindset that women are told to be small. And if we're shouting about all of these amazing things that we're doing, then that's a bit uncouth and it's not very attractive and all of those things that we're supposed to be a bit more timid. I don't feel like I hear male business owners talking the same way. So because no, so I, right. I, I feel exactly the same way. Sometimes I'm really cringy when people say they've watched my, if it's a friend or a family member or something, say they've watched a video of mine or listened to a podcast. And I'm like, oh, how was it? When actually I know it's bloody good. Like I know it's good because my clients really like I'm it. I'm so surprised at that. I've yeah. asked that. I thought you would be too. I think I'm getting there, but it's really interesting. It took me a really long time to put myself out there on social media because I'm not a social media person. I don't really have, social media for myself obviously I have it for the business I need to make sure that people are seeing the stuff that we're doing and they're getting the helpful resources that we're putting out there and hopefully it's starting some really good conversations but it was only maybe a year not even maybe like nine months ago that I was just like I know I've got to put myself out there because ultimately I am the expert so I am the credibility yeah and when you're working with the type of work that we're doing whether it's coaching or whether it's uh, DEI training whatever it is people need to believe that you know what you're talking about and so you have the evidence that you have to show that and of course you can do all sort of kind of demos and stuff with future clients and, and what have you. But if you're giving people little snippets of what you're going to be like in a facilitated workshop or whatever, they're going to realize that you have credibility and credibility is hands down the most important part of my, my industry yes. because there's just so many cowboys out there doing mm. this and they're taking money off people. They're not really caring. They're just chucking out some, you know, two, three hour session or some e-learning or something. And it's making no difference at all. It's just ticking a box. Yeah. And that was a massive part of my purpose was that I genuinely wanted to make a social impact. So, okay, I'm working with organizations, but ultimately they're employing local people. They're working with their yeah. local communities. So you're going to have a social impact when people have more of a social conscience. And if I can nurture that and grow that a little bit, then that's really important. But the the videos thing and the podcast and all of that sort of stuff, it really took me a moment. And it's not a lack of confidence. It's just, it really took me out of my comfort zone. 
because I'm I'm just not used to doing it. And it's interesting. So this morning when we got here, I and well when we were just sitting down, I did a live in my Facebook group, and um, I just said, oh, I need to do a live. It's, I normally do it at ten. It's five past. I need to, you know, and I was late. I need to do it, and I just started talking, and then I finished, and I was doing a little tour of the house we're in, and you said, oh, and I could never do that. So interesting, isn't mm. it? These things, but I'm so past that now. Like I was like that in t- 2019. When I first started out, I couldn't do like a live on Facebook or Instagram. I was so worried. Now I'm, I don't, yeah. I don't care. I just, just super it out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you were. It was really yeah. nice to listen to. Actually, it's um, it's definitely something I could work towards. It's really funny because if you put me in an exec space or with the board or you know, and I'm having to pitch and, and ask for money and I'm getting lots of negativity or kind of closed mindsets come back to me, I'm fine. I can do that. That's easy. If you put me in a facilitated workshop and I'm coaching people and facilitating and having some really great discussions right in my element, but point a camera at me or ask me to talk to no one, that's where I really have to push myself out of my comfort zone. I think there's something about the type of work that we do. We get lots of energy from the people that we're working with. Yes. So there is something around knowing that I can push all of that energy out there and it makes a difference to the person's learning environment so I've had sessions recently the some of them have only been two hour sessions but I've had a couple in a day because one of my clients is is kind of ramped up their work a little bit and they're only four hours and I've got an hour or two in between uh so I'm doing various other bits of work but I'm pushing myself so hard in each of those two hours I am shattered by yesterday but the outcome from the learners the feedback and the way in which they're engaging in the conversations that some of them are a bit contentious. Some of them can be a little bit triggering because the the type of work that I do is phenomenal. So I know that even though I'm shattered after doing a a couple of those two hours in each day, the difference it makes to their learning experience, it's worth all of that energy, Mm. but I can do it because they're coming back to me. If you've got no one in front of me, I really struggle. I really yeah, do have so to push myself. Whereas I'm fine on video now, but if you take photos of me, if you're taking like, you know, with professional photographer, I just don't like that. Mm. I just don't, I'm, re- I'm so uncomfortable. I'm like really cringy. I, I just find it quite difficult. It's interesting what you said about, we were talking about closed mindset and growth mindset. Mm. And we were talking about this yesterday, even though yesterday was our like kind of hangout, we ended up talking about business. You and I are so in that space of growth mindset and pushing mm. forward and believing in yourself and, you know, constant development, learning, you know, opening up yourself to new ideas, all that sort of thing. And mm. we're, we're both so into that. And sometimes that that's hard with others. That's why it's so important to have like a business friendship. So I've got an accountability buddy in Argentina who I speak to every Wednesday. He's brilliant. Um, but for you and I, because we're in the UK, there's that real support thing Mm. that matters. Yeah. And I just find it so great because I think I know like, like the other day you, you know, you thought you got a call about some potential work, which is massive. And you Mm. sent me a text about it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And I get that. Yeah. If you said that to somebody who's not, they're like, oh, okay. Mm. Don't really get it. Mm. You know, we're really excited for each other because, and, and we are. We're excited and we're supportive. But the other thing is we recommend, but we recommend because we both value each other's work. Yeah. And we know how good the other one is. Yeah. And it's not, it's not us being 
uh, echo chamber or, or us thinking, oh, nepotism, we just want yeah, to help yeah. find out. Like we know it genuinely will make a difference to somebody. And I think that there's something really powerful in that. And that it's really funny you mentioned that particular piece of work because whenever I get something really exciting happen, or even sometimes if something's gone not so great and I'm feeling a bit sad, there's three people at the top of my WhatsApp that are message. There's my mum, my partner, and you. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> because you're the person that gets it from a business sense and yeah. you are hugely invested in my business success yeah. and my personal success. Obviously, my partner is hugely uh, invested in it. And of course, my mum as well. And also, you've probably, the three of you, I've had some others, of course, but the three of you have been my biggest supporters. You've been there picking up the pieces when it's not been going so well, but also celebrating any of our wins. And we we went out for dinner and drinks at the start of the year, do you remember? And we had a few drinks in King's Cross, probably a few too many. When had, my husband thought I'd been murdered. Yes, yeah, when your husband thought you'd been murdered. And... Um, and we were just celebrating each other. We yeah, couldn't, we were. It, it, it didn't start off like that. We were just like, oh, let's catch up and talk about how the business is doing. And we just hadn't really reflected on anything. And then we were talking about it. We, like, oh, we just crap, got a bit like... pissed, didn't we? We went, oh, actually, we've done really well. I think it was I think it was before Christmas. I think it's like October. Oh, last wow. Year. Yeah, yeah. Ago. Probably just after a year of fruit to us, wasn't it? So then so then, if you think about where we are now, we're in Margate. So we, um, which you might think is a strange destination so we were um I've been coaching Zoe and we were talking about I was it's really interesting because I was talking about some stuff and then I was like oh you need to think about this and you were like oh that's too much it's overwhelming I can't need to break that down into smaller things because I was just just talking mentoring rather than coaching anyway so then I said it would be really good to actually have some time to actually sit in the same room Mm and spend together then we said oh should we have a little away day like because you know if you work for a corporate if you work in yeah. corporate you get like workshops and seminars and stuff like that I don't get anything like that so we said oh yeah let's do it where should we go and I said I want to go to the beach because I find although we haven't actually walked on the beach we've walked alongside it alongside it yeah but I find there's something really therapeutic and really calming about being by the sea so then we were like where should we go where should we go it's not too far anyway I've always wanted to come to Margate mm. and so here we are in Margate we're in the most beautiful kind of Scandi style mm. Airbnb um we only went and met Tracy Emin yesterday which is she's very Margate and I went in the Turner Gallery while I waited for you to arrive and today Olivia Coleman is filming a film on the seafront here. yeah Margate and the, the bloke place at, to be. the bloke at a top boy and we miss Colin Firth which I'm <laughs> gutted about um, but what a place to be, Margate, it's amazing. Yeah, do you know what, it's really funny because a load of my friends have moved to Kent in the last few years from London. Um, it happens quite a lot, as people will probably know. So I, I knew of Margate, I knew of all these places, but I didn't really understand them. And when you said it, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go there. But it's beautiful. Like some of the streets, it's like you're walking down the set of a movie. Mm. It really is. It's stunning. It's so, so lovely. Uh, but it's been really interesting. Like you say, yeah, we bumped into Tracy Emin yesterday. Uh, but we've just had this space and this time to do all the things that we kind of talk about, but we never have, we never make time and space to do this sort of thing. So I think already this morning, the where we started to where we've got to, because we are giving each other the space and questioning each other and challenging each other on our numbers and all of these different things and I've only cried once this trip so that's actually quite good for me who's a massive crier <laughs> and I haven't cried at all no, you haven't and cried we drank wine yesterday yeah, we drank so a that's a good sign yeah <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so there's a real sense of camaraderie. And I, but I think there's space. I think mm. I think I've, I've got a beautiful office at the bottom of the garden, and I love it. But mm. I'm in there on my own. We're in this. We, the place we chose is amazing because yeah. it's got it's open plan. It's beautiful. It's got a massive table. We've got flip charts and pens and smelly pens, smell of fruit and post its and you know pose um flip chart on the uh we blue tacked them up to the windows hope we don't get told off and but <laughs> it just has given us the space to really explore and think about what are we trying to achieve mm. and you're right be quite challenging and, and I said to you I was quite surprised I went a bit introvert earlier I was a bit like quiet and I think it's because I'm scared because I've got massive ambitions for my business mm. But I still have. I wouldn't call it imposter syndrome, but it's a little bit of fear. Yeah. But you, you've got to aim high. You've got to set these targets. You've got to set these goals. If you otherwise you just drift, you've got to put it out there and put it out there with somebody who gets it. Yeah. And actually, but challenges too. Yeah. And actually, one of the challenges that I said to you, which to anyone that's not running their own business or is not considering running their own business this won't make any sense really it's it might even sound a little bit narcissistic but it's not if you don't believe in what you're doing you shouldn't be doing it and my Mm. question to you was well if you don't do the project that we're talking about what are you taking away from people and then that I think shifted and and it's great because we're both coaches so we both know the kind of trigger questions that are going to really make somebody think and, and and we can read people quite well but that question in itself actually also then made me think that mm. if I did decide to give up for whatever reason, or not that I would, but if I ever decided to give up, what am I taking away, you know, from the work that I'm doing, whether it's my pro bono work or whether it's the paid work that I do with clients. And ultimately I'm taking away the ability for them to have those expertly facilitated conversations where it really shifts mindset yeah. and it can really make a difference to representation and diversity and inclusion, belonging, yada, yada, yada. But if I don't do that anymore, that's one less expert DEI uh, yeah. trainer and auditor and, and expert in general. That's that extra person off. And then there's loads of cowboys out there. And yeah. I can't do that. I can't let people do a bad job and charge all of these companies loads of money, make no difference. And actually, in some cases, make it worse because they've seen, oh, our DEI training, it's a load of old rubbish. We had this terrible person come and do this terrible thing. There's no point investing in it anymore. And then they carry on doing the same habits and making the world an even less fair place for, for other people. And then the same with you, you know, and I can only use my example, of course, but you just set an example there as somebody that you said you changed their life, like yeah. the work you did. So you have to think it's almost selflessly. If you take your work away, if you don't lean, I hate leaning, but you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, lean if you into don't, it. Yeah, if yeah. you don't lean into it and really push yourself outside of your comfort zone to go, maybe I could have this much growth. Maybe I could reach this many different clients. Maybe this, this, and this. If you don't do that, you're actually taken away. And I think that's a slightly different mindset to think about. But yeah, I just I just thought it was a really interesting conversation that we had earlier. And even though it was aimed towards the way you were feeling about it, it really made me reflect yeah. on the work that I'm doing as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's interesting because I never think about giving up because I honestly believe the way that my business has grown, the way that I've grown as a business owner, the way it's continuing to grow, it will only get bigger and better. Mm. And if I give up, I'll never know what it could have been. 
So that's what keep that's what will keep me going. Plus, I'm probably unemployable to be honest right now. So <laughs> no, nobody wants me. Who wants to sit around hours and go to Margate on, on her own yeah, on a Sunday on a, on a Sunday and you know get pissed and then do stuff on a Monday? Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody wants that. So, so if um, how do you find your people then? So obviously we got introduced by somebody else, but if somebody was listening and, mm. and we're saying, you know, you need to find your people, what would you say? So I guess it depends what we're talking about. So if you're if you're talking to people that are considering starting their own business or considering going out on their own in some way, there's so many different things. It took me a while, if I'm honest. You were potluck. You know, Jim clearly knew that both of us would get on really well and it just happened. It just clicked. It hasn't been that way for lots of people. There were people from before me setting up the business that I thought were my people. And then it turned out that they weren't being very supportive um, and were actively holding back uh, different pieces of work and things like that. So um, sorry about the door slamming. (laughs) There's someone having a good old time outside. Um, But then I learned, oh, wow, no, there are some people that are envious or because they don't have the confidence to go out and do it themselves. They almost, I wouldn't, sabotage is, is too strong a word, but they, they were holding back from helping out. Yes. And it's been really interesting because there's one person in particular that I'm thinking of. And then later on, maybe six months after they didn't help me share something, I can't remember what it was. They then asked me for some advice. They were like, oh, I'm doing some work with a client and they need me to know a little bit about diversity and inclusion. Have you got anything you can help me with? So I, of course, helped because I'm like, do you know what? Regardless of how I feel about that person and how they didn't support me, if the world is going to have more conversations around diversity and inclusion, I don't care whether or not I get the work. I just want those conversations to happen because ultimately my big aim, my big goal is to just create a fairer world for everybody. Now, I know that's a massive ambition, but if we're working with our networks and and we're able to support in that way and everyone can upskill and be even better at what they're doing, then naturally that's going to happen. So some people from before, of course, some are potluck. But the other thing is you have to find your people and it's going to take a bit of trial and error. So... Mm. One example I'll give is the places in which we based our offices. So for a while, we were looking for offices and we were trying to figure out how can we find a space that we're going to reinvest the money that our clients are giving to us in a way that is true to our values. So it had to go back into somewhere where the local community was being supported and that, you know, there was work being done around diversity and inclusion. Otherwise, I'm just part of the problem, aren't I? So I went to lots of different places and I'm Brixton, South London. So as you can imagine, there's lots of really vibrant, amazing places. But a couple of the spaces that I went to and they're very central Brixton, they're taking up quite a lot of real estate there. Um, which is massively gentrified anyway. So lots of original Brixton people have had to move out because they can't afford to live there anymore. Um, so one of the first questions I asked, I went into these really swish offices and I was like, oh, so how do you give back to the local community? And, and you know, how do you make sure that you're supporting that? And the person just looked at me really blankly and they had no idea. They were like, oh, well, I'll ask and I'll let <laughs> you know. So they if you asked, get asked, you're clearly not doing anything, are you? Well, they asked, and she was like, "Oh, uh, well, we donate to this chat." I can't even remember what it was, but it was nothing basically. And then I went to another one, and they didn't have a clue either. And then I went to Impact Brixton, which is the space where our offices are. We're doing some work with them around diversity and inclusion for some some really great social mobility work. 
there's so many social enterprises in there. Every single person that runs a business from that space, including the space itself, does some sort of social impact work, whether it is like myself, where this is our whole company and this is what we do, or whether they are a recruitment company that are really involved in making sure there's better representation in various different industries. Or there's this really great charity called Spiral there, and they do some really great work with the youths in the area and, and how to help them to think bigger about their careers and, and all of that sort of stuff. So for me, that's where I found a lot of my people because they have a similar mindset to me. They want to give back to the local community. So I think figuring out what your values and your purpose are for yourself personally and then for your business, which are most likely very aligned, then you'll know where to go and find your people. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I was going to say because I've, you know, I've been in like little memberships and groups and stuff like that. And I always prefer the smaller, the smaller environments. You can be in groups that have got like, you know, 15,000 people in. It's just too much. It's too noisy. I don't love it. But when you set up on your, when you set up your own business, go out on your own, whatever you want to call it, it's a bit like when you start school or start university or have a baby, you meet people who, are doing it that thing at the same time that you're doing and then you make friends with them and then over time you evolve and you work out that you might have been friends with them just because they set up a business but actually their core values or you know they were very different to you personality wise you didn't match therefore maybe they're not right for you so it is trial and error but it's trying to find those ones that really support you and champion you and Mm. help you through the good and the bad, because mm. there will be good and bad. <laughs> and I think I'm, you know, my network that I've got, I'm really lucky because I do feel I have that support. And I know people, lots of people who don't have that at all and would like to talk business with somebody and don't have that. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely it's trial and error, but you've got to put yourself out there to meet other people. And like my accountability buddy, Sabine, who's fantastic in Argentina, she just put a call out saying, I really want a buddy. And I was like, hey, and we just started chatting and we get to know each other. But, you know, we've been chatting for nearly a year. I think we started maybe July last year. So nearly a year and like hugely supportive, mm. really supportive business relationship. She's fantastic. And I feel really lucky to have her in a different way. Do you see what I mean? Mm. So I don't when I'd like to think that at some point I can meet her in real life, but it's so nice to have you online and in real life too. Yeah, Margate is lovely, but it's not Argentina. It's not Argentina. <laughs> it's not Argentina. It's not Argentina. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. Th- there's something, and I hadn't really thought about this until we just had this conversation now. Something about being true to your values, and that's when you'll find your people. Yeah. It's so, so true because if I think about all of the people that I would contact if I got a fantastic new client to celebrate if I had had a bad day like a maybe a pitch went badly or something like that or if I was just exhausted and I just needed somebody to talk to you know you like I said you'd be top of my list but also I've got other DEI trainers and we share knowledge as well that's the other thing yeah so we are hugely invested in the work that we're doing and if we find a new technique or a new model or a new tool or there's something really interesting in a podcast or something like that we'll share it with each other and I think it doesn't just go for you when you're in your industry you know I've had the same thing I was talking to someone saying oh a few months ago I'm starting a podcast and they were like oh let me send you over all of this stuff 
And they're in a very different business to what I'm in, but they'd had some experience with the podcast. They didn't want me to waste loads of time yep. making the same mistakes they did. And then vice versa, I've helped them with other stuff. And I think that there's something really powerful in that. I have definitely found as a general rule that a lot of the female business owners, we naturally can't help but nurture each other. I don't know whether it's yeah. a gender norm or whatever it is. But then what I found with a lot of the male business owners that I'm friends with and, and have learned loads from is they'll be much more uh, transparent in their communication. So they'll be like, yeah. you really need to change that. Color yeah, yeah, or that brand. Direct. Yeah, yeah, very direct. Um, so I feel like there's a really nice balance. I yeah. do think you have to, and I've got lots of different age ranges around me as well. So I've got people that have been running businesses for like 30 years and they they've given me some great advice. I've got people that are just starting out now, and now I can pass on my knowledge from the last two years. So it's it's just you've got to just surround yourself with lots of different people, yeah. But people that have similar values that align to yours. You, I think it's just been really, really, really beneficial. I couldn't have done this for the last couple of years without people around me, for sure. Absolutely. Mm. Well, if you think about when you work, you have your colleagues, right? So when you work for yourself, you need to find your colleagues, whatever they look like, whatever industry, walk of life, whatever. You just need to find your people who get you. Yeah, that are going to celebrate your your wins. And also some of the things that you, your friends and your family that are employed, you will say something that to them will seem really small. But somebody that owns their own business or runs their own business in whatever way will be like, oh, I know all of the tears and the sweat and the hard work that went into that really small thing. So I'm going to celebrate with you the same way that you're celebrating. Yes. Whereas your family might be like, oh, okay, that's nice. You're like, yeah, yeah but do you, know, yeah, yeah. do you know how many hours I had exactly. to work to do this? Exactly. Mm. So important. Mm. So important. Loved our chat. Oh my god, we could have literally forty nine yeah. minutes. We could have gone on forever. Before. Yeah, we must. We must put a stop to it because <laughs> we do some more strategy. We need, we've got lunch to eat. We've been to Aldi. We've got lunch to eat and more work to do. Um, such a great conversation, and mm. hopefully, um, for people listening to this, will be reassured that it's not lonely. You don't have to be. No. You can be working alone, but you don't have to be lonely. No, no, and I do think that the, there's a choice element there. Yeah, I think you have to choose to not be lonely doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's so many people, there's so many networks, social media is brilliant for that as well now, but there's yeah. so many different places you can go and find your people. Um, and your people will change, you know, like I've got people that I'll only go to once a year to talk to, or people like Laura, like you, who will talk quite often. So it's just about, you know, there's, there might be some people that will help you right at that moment in that particular thing. But just get lots of different people and uh, and network. It's really important. Definitely. So there you go. Right. Back to Margate. <laughs> Back to strategy planning. 